Well, back at it again, boys. Let your mind peel away the mysteries of the world. That's right. I'm talking deep. Frazzle drip deep. This is Whiskey, Beer, and Conspiracies Podcast. Oh, by the way, my balls is hot. We're back. We're back, guys. I, you know, that's a rumor that we're back. That's a rumor, yeah. <laughs> I, I know people are out here wondering what's going on, why, where we've been, <laughs> if we're going to put out any new episodes. Yeah, well, the thing is, too, is like we have like... With this one, I think five – this is five recorded episodes. So by the time our listeners hear this, this will be number five. We haven't disbanded the show. We're just trying to get all the editing figured out. Yeah, but we can only record with three people at a time apparently. <laughs> like that's <laughs> Yeah, what is what, what is up with the bitch boy? I mean uh, um, Roro. I mean um, he had a dirty a, guy. Um, some sort of – I think it was a uh, trans pageant that he entered. Did he? Yeah, Hopefully he remembers because he was Little Miss Softball. He's remember? yeah, Little Miss so Softball. So he has to defend his title. Yeah, he's he's returning as Little Miss Softball. Yeah. So he's the defending uh, uh, trans champ for Little Miss Softball 2020. Yeah, so I, uh, we're rooting thought, for you. Go I ahead, did. dude. You got it. Well, I mean, her. I mean, whatever you whatever your pronoun girl, is, you get it, girl. Yeah. Man. <laughs> but if you come into my house and you try to sit down to pee, I'm kicking your ass right back out. So. You're gonna go and. Check on him. Yeah. How do you, how do you determine? Yeah, we're gonna do is see if the seat's up or down. <laughs> yeah. See if the seat's warm. Only animals don't put the seat up when they pee. <laughs> uh, I thought he got that um that cryptoclon a lot of like Chinese flu or whatever it's called. Oh, the coronavirus. That coronavirus. Yeah. Well, how, well, you know what I've the, always uh, been a Dosecki's man myself. The <laughs> coronavirus. <laughs> how do you how do you solve the coronavirus? You just cut up a bunch of limes. <laughs> hey. A little salt. Hey. A little salt. You know, you ever seen the movie Contagion? Yes. Yeah. It's yeah, exactly yeah. like the movie Contagion. Because mm-hmm. how did it get transmitted? Remember? Uh, so, uh, how it started in what, Contagion? Didn't wasn't it the, um, the bat? Bat. Yeah. And, and guess bat. guess what they what they think started it? The bat. Chinese eating bat soup. <laughs> with a, with a legitimate bat like in a bowl of soup. Yeah. And you know how bats kind of look like puppies? It's like, oh yeah. And yeah, so it's like the wings and then like you see like the little puppy face and then like the belly split open and then it's just sitting in a bowl of soup. And there's people like drinking out of the cavity of the bat and shit. I'm like, if yeah. we're not to a point where we don't have to eat bat, I don't know what they, the fuck's wrong with this. Today, uh, I read that that there was a case confirmed in Orange County. Oh, that's right. My parents told me about that. Yep. So I came back from that. Wuhan, China. And when he landed, he saw like the news about people flying, especially from like the Wuhan private or province. And he fucking called the CDC himself. He's like, yeah. So they monitor him and they're like, yeah, you got the coronavirus. Yeah. Because I guess the symptoms are like just flu basically. Yeah. And then it, it, but it's like pneumonia real quick if you don't, if you don't catch it. So yeah, it seems like, it seems like the, all the bad, Shit happens in China because there's, so there's fucking like billion. three billion people there. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's 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 seven billion people on the planet supposedly, and sixty nine billion are there, or six point nine billion. Sixty nine billion. Yeah, there's. Well, I think I think literally more than half the Earth's population is like India and China. That's mm-hmm. a fact. That's fucking fact. outrageous. So yeah, that's why when you play that game Plague Inc., you always start in India or China. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that is a cool game though. It is cool, but not in real life. Is that the game where you like uh, <laughs> you pick a disease and you like mutate it? Yeah, because it'll be like bacterial or viral. That's what you pick. Yeah, and then you you once you pick bacterial or viral, you get to pick different diseases from those two categories, and then I think I saw one of my kids playing that game. Yeah, <laughs> brutal. It's funny. Uh, like first world country. That's the type of shit we play. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Call it it would be hilarious if we had like a game where you could spread a virus and then it doesn't happen in America. You ever you ever see that movie um Mercury Rising? Yeah. You remember the premises of, of that movie is, right? Mm-hmm. And it, like this autistic boy, he loves puzzles. And he's like a savant, he can solve any puzzle. So the CIA was like, fuck, let's see if we can get someone to crack this puzzle for us. And it was like some code, right? And the kid ended up cracking it, and then they're trying to get to the kid because they need the answers, right? They need him to finish it. And I feel like sometimes that games are like that. So, like, what if that was the whole point of this Plague Inc.? Like, let's run these simulators, but we can't run it. <laughs> so let's have let's just put it on the App Store and let them run it. That might be yeah, fucking the Matrix, dude. Yeah. Like, uh, there's a board game that I, I played. I loved it, by the way, and I got it for my nephew, and we played it a few times at my brother's house. It's called Pandemic. And you, uh, like, a, there's an outbreak of a disease or whatever, and then you have different characters, and you have to go to each continent to, like, stop the outbreak and find the cure before it kills everybody. Um, so that's what we do in America. We have fun. <laughs> yeah. For overseas listeners. Yeah, ages four and up. Um, But so before we get into tonight's episode, because there's a lot of things that we're going to talk about before the topic, which is the Battle of Blair Mountain and kind of the origin of where the term uh, rednecks came from. Um, Let's get into real quick what we're drinking on. What do you guys – I myself have just a smidge here of shout out to my guy who's back in action, Proper 12. Um, and then, like, this much of whiskey from Cork, Ireland. So I'm mixing I'm mixing Catholic and Protestant there. So. You're scissoring Irish. That's it, man. Scissoring <laughs> <laughs> the Irish. We also have Irish whiskey, but we went the traditional we did, route. We did traditional. We did uh, Jameson. Jameson. Oh, good. Jameson good. and Sprite. Sprite. Which, oh. you, when you haven't had a, a whiskey in, a, like, a Sprite or a 7-Up or anything like that in a, a while – so it tastes good. really good. So good. So good. Right here. I'm right in my yeah. lips. <laughs> I mean, I, it's much better with ginger ale, yeah. but Sprite is like a close second. It is. Ginger ale. Really? I don't, I don't, I'm going to say, I don't know if I've ever tried that. It's delicious. It's very good. With ginger ale? No, Sprite. Oh, Sprite's good. It's it, All you're missing is like that little kind of ting that the ginger ale has, but for the most part, it's the same. Speaking That's of ting, shout out China. Yeah. Before you guys get through it, man. <laughs> Um, so, so we're, we're, we're going to talk about the day. What happened? What happened? What the day? Yeah, kind of the, day. Today, the day. Today, the twenty sixth, twenty sixth of January, twenty twenty. Yeah, and, I and think boy, had a strange day. 
go, go ahead with it, and then I'll tell you that I did get a weird text from um, a buddy of mine that we met at church. Uh, shout out Sam. He's like a listener of the show. Loves it, by the way. Um, and he was the one that actually sent me that link that I sent you guys about that. That, that on the Yeah. And then he starts talking to me about, um, he's like, it's weird about what happened. And it's almost like these movies where, you know, you, you get three wishes from a genie. And one of the wishes is make me the top NBA scorer and I'll do it for 21 years. And then what you don't read in the fine print is that someone's going to replace you. And then shortly after you get replaced, um, you get taken. And then we started talking about like the certain stuff. All right. So I'll play on that after, after we get through, because that makes a lot of sense, especially because of what took place yesterday in the NBA before uh, today. So this morning, you know, we're all kind of texting back and forth on our group text. And then uh, Dirty Roro sends a message and says, did you guys see this? And it says Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter crash. First thought I had was bullshit. So, yeah, especially being from TMZ. Yeah. Like, so I searched and, and then while I'm looking, it pops up on my Yahoo Sports uh, notifications and I went, holy shit. So I screen captured it. I send it. The first person I thought was my brother because he's a huge Kobe Bryant Laker fan. <clears throat> Die hard, right? Probably one of his biggest heroes ever. So next to Michael Jordan. So I text him and I say, hey, is this for real? I don't hear from him. So then my mom texts me and she says, you hear about Kobe Bryant? I said, yeah, I tried to call my brother or I tried to text my brother. He didn't answer. She's like, yeah, I tried to call him. He didn't answer. I'm like, oh, that's fucking weird. <clears throat> so like eight hours later, my brother texts me back and he goes, yeah, like I literally just stopped crying. I don't even know what to think. You know, well, the news gets worse throughout the day because then you find out that his 13 year old daughter, like. I'm I'm a fan of Kobe Bryant's because Kobe Bryant kind of transcended basketball, especially after retirement, right? He was a huge soccer fan. He just loved sports in general. Slide so white women on the side, you know what I mean? You know. So, Whoa. So I, hey, it so did so did uh Martin Luther King Jr. I'm not mad at him, you know. <laughs> so, you know, but he was uh more than anything, like the the thing people talk about about Kobe Bryant was how how much of a father he was, how good of a he was right well the, the the daughter that was on the helicopter with him was probably the closest to him she loved basketball she's 13 right she's 13 yeah so and you're younger, my, my, you're younger than my son yeah so can you imagine like that's what hit me the hardest i mean it's already sad enough to lose like an icon like yeah. Kobe Bryant, yeah. but then you find out that his daughter was on with him and just imagine how his other kids feel how his wife feels you know what i mean like i i couldn't go through that I don't know how people deal with that kind of stuff. I don't even know where to begin to deal with that. So, but to play off of what you said about being replaced, right? So say Kobe did have, you know, maybe he went to the crossroads. Maybe he, you know, rubbed a lamp or whatever. Yesterday, Kobe Bryant passed, or, or LeBron James passed Kobe Bryant as the all-time third. scorer. Yeah. Or... Uh, yeah, yeah. Now he's third all time. Yeah, yeah. So he 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 leapfrogged Kobe Bryant and replaced him essentially mm-hmm. on that list. So mm-hmm. it's kind of weird for you to say, you know, talk about replacement and then that happens. Um, 
it's really creepy to think about. It's super creepy. And I mean, I'm not, you know, in this show, obviously we talk about conspiracies. I don't think any of us are saying that's what took place. It's just oddly fucking coincidental. Yeah. The, the day after this guy's record is basically broken and he goes to third all time when he was first, he dies in a helicopter crash with his 13 year old daughter that literally was in a cartoon fucking four years ago. Yeah. It's if you guys don't know what we're talking about, there's a clip that uh, a buddy of mine had sent and I had sent it to the group and we all talked about it where um, it's the, what, what is that show? It's the, um, it's a basketball show. It was on uh, yeah. comedy central. Comedy I, central. I'll, I'll, I'll look up the name of it. I can't, well, the, if you, if you pull up the clip, yeah. it'll say it right before. But anyways, there's a short segment in this episode on uh, that show that boys looking up on from comedy central where it shows a helicopter crashing. And then the guy who's crawling out of the helicopter is holding two NBA championships. And it's this black guy. And they go, Oh, holy shit. It's Kobe Bryant. And he goes, please help me. And he goes, well, pass me your championships and I'll, we'll help you out. And then he goes pass. And the helicopter blows up. Um, and like rings pop out of it or whatever. And at the time it was called, sorry, it was called legends. Legends. Okay. Legends, Le- of Chamber- Legend. Legends of Chamberlain Heights. Yeah, Legends of Chamberlain Heights. I'm fairly certain that show has been canceled since then, but um, how oddly coincidental is that shit? You know what I mean? That yeah. If you look at like everything the Simpsons have done, um, and you look at all these other shows that have taken place, you know, like with the Terminator and Caution 9-11 and things like that. Yeah, uh, there was also seven other people on board that helicopter. They were headed to a basketball game. And that's, you know, they don't know. I saw what may or may not have been footage of it. It it got deleted. I was going to send it to you guys. It got deleted um, because they claimed that it was footage of the helicopter crashing. I don't know if it was legit or not, but it was, I mean, it was pretty tragic. It was from a distance, obviously, but... Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Um, on a lighter note, the Simpsons did uh, predict the 49ers winning in the Super Bowl in Miami, BTW. Yeah. So. They did. They did. I don't know. I don't know how accurate that, that is. <laughs> so, come on, Simpsons. Let's go, uh, man. They got the, the Chiefs have the 13-ranked defense in the league, and it's not that good, so... No, I, if anything, if we're going to talk Super Bowl, I would be worried that KC is just not going to be able to stop San Francisco. And, and San, Francisco, San Francisco's game plan uh, to run the ball, it keeps the ball away from Mahomes um, and what's going to hurt you. Keeps that fucking Muppet on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. I got to You know what? Hey, guys. Uh, we got to get really physical. Yeah. You know what, though? I, I don't. I have no issues with Patrick Mahomes. No, he's great. Um, he's, he's a good quarterback. He's a good dude. And I hope it's just a good game. Um, but his girlfriend, I would probably. Oh, she's annoying as fuck. <laughs> Did you see the video of his <laughs> So it was after they won the AFC championship game, right? And she's like was she going in like the booth. Nuts, yeah, nuts. she's like, for all you hater. First of all, I don't think anybody was doubting Casey like yeah. throughout the season. They no, were no, already no. pegged. So this was, this was when it was 24 to zero. Oh, that's right. That's right. And, and they, it was the 24 point comeback. They, they ended up with what, like 
36 unanswered points, something like that. Yeah, they, they put it on him, man. They did. And uh, she's like, for all you haters that thought it was over, we're here. And, like, just screaming. And she's like, oh, Yeah. And I was like, okay. And you shut, know that I'm sure. Shut your mouth, bitch. Right? <laughs> you know Mahomes looked at it and was like, why the fuck are you doing this shit? This is my job. He's like, yeah. First of all, this is my job. I really think that I'm going to have to find a when I marry you. Oh, dude. For sure. That was She's good. there to take half. Yeah. You ever see the picture of, uh, what's his fuck, that stupid quarterback from Seattle, Russell Wilson, his his girlfriend at the time when he got drafted, the yeah. look on her face was like, jackpot. <laughs> and I, there's this meme and it always says like, Remember when this bitch th- thought she hit the lottery? <laughs> he ended up fucking dumping her, getting with Sierra. Yeah. Uh, you Not idiot. a bad choice. Not upgrade because yeah. his girlfriend at the time. Well, it's an upgrade as long as she wasn't for sure a hermaphrodite. I think the jury's about that. <laughs> well, there was that. Yeah. But, I mean, let's put it like this. Like, How much evidence do we have of that, Brian? Yeah. She, have you seen a picture? Uh, so that's, I gotta delete my Google history on that one. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, she has a kid by Future, right? And Future's pretty that's hood, really? so you know that. Yeah, yeah, that's what you see those pictures of like Russell Wilson and like a little boy on the field. That's Future's kid. Yeah, oh. <laughs> he's like teaching him how to throw football and shit. <laughs> Future's like, <"Yeah." laughs> and then Future's like, All right, just go ahead and replace his football with a dime bag. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> So, anyways, go Niners. We're going to have a Super Bowl party here. Are you coming? Are you in? Uh, nah, dude. I got to go watch a game with a bunch of Chiefs fans. What Back. time's the game? Three-something? Like 3.30, I think? Yeah, 3. Yeah, 3 o'clock. You, you get so, up in time? Speak, I get up at 2.30. I should be able to swing by. Hell yeah. All Speaking right, of, you guys asked me what like the climate is out here for being a Niner fan. Yeah, if, we did. One, it's really cold That if we're talking <laughs> that climate. But two, um, so Nicole and I went out to dinner on Friday night. Uh, no, we went to a pizza place, and uh, it's called Old Chicago. It's actually really good. That's where I had that black and tan at. Mm. And uh, I was walking in, and I was wearing my Niner hat, and this guy goes, "Hey, man, good luck next week." And I was like, "Thanks." Fuck, then, am I gonna die? <laughs> the, next day, the next day, we uh, we went did some running around, and uh, she had to go return something to Victoria's Secret. Oh, and, hey, hey, okay. <laughs> she could have put it. She could have tried it on for us. We could have looked. We could have been in a second boat because it's only going to wear it for about three to four seconds. So. <laughs> Take it off. <laughs> and this guy, we watched. It on. We uh, he just he saw my hand. He goes boo, and I look over and he goes <laughs> right. And he away. And I was like, that was probably because he expected converse, confrontation. Yeah, and then he thought about it. Like, oh fuck. Like, yeah. Maybe I shouldn't be a dickhead to some stranger. And then, dude, it's just the, it's like, like all, all the guys I work with, they talk a lot of shit. But it's kind of all in fun. That's just that's job talk. That's yeah, site, just, that's site talk. Yeah. Uh, and then today, actually, we we went to church, and a guy told me he goes, "I love you in Jesus, but I can't love you because you're a Forty Nine fan." Well, that's that's very unChristian. And I was like, "May." The plagues of the Old Testament. <laughs> <laughs> the Kansas City locker room. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, May they all die of gonorrhea. The coronavirus. <laughs> Get that coronavirus from a Dosekis in Miami. Hey. hey. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Travis Kelsey is avoiding coronas this weekend because he's like, you hear about that shit that they got in China from this beer? <laughs> from this beer? Yeah. <laughs> well, we can talk about these dipshit Kansas City Chiefs and my le- less than favorite 49ers. I, I am going to root for the 49ers. You though. better, man. Come on. Because I will not. Hey, fucking Sanders. Root. You got to root for Sanders, man. I do like Sanders, and I will not root for the Chiefs. I, I absolutely will not. As the AFC West uh, yeah, you gotta, fan of the Broncos, I shall not, will not, could not root for Kansas City. Yeah. Although I always say I want to support the AFC West. Bullshit. I want, I want KC to lose, and I yes. want. I want the 49ers oh, to win. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so I'm talking about. So that's out there. Well, I got to be honest. This is probably one of the first Super Bowls that I can remember were even, I mean, yeah, the Niners were in it. So, uh, you know, I'm a Niners fan, so I'm really excited. But it's like, I don't have any like animosity towards the Chiefs because it's. They haven't been in, in a while. In 15 years. years. 50 years. 50 years. Yeah. But we don't ever play them. Like ever. Dude, we I don't care. Fifty years. We haven't been. We played them. We played them last season when Jimmy fucking blew his his knee out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're lucky he did. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, the good thing, the cool thing to see after that game was uh, Patrick Mahomes made his way over to the Niners locker room and um, told him good luck. I hope you recover. So it's kind of like a storybook meeting between these two teams, man. It's because like- the last time the Niners won the Super Bowl. <clears throat> Was in Miami against the Chargers. Um, okay. Yeah, it was fucking. It was close to them just calling it like in the second <laughs> quarter. The first pass was like an eighty-yard bomb to Jerry Rice and touchdown. But uh, the so the, you know, and then KC hasn't been in over fifty years. Um, they're the team that Jimmy played when he blew his knee out, and this is his comeback season. You know, so it's kind of like a like a fairy tale between the two teams. So, you know, both Kyle Shanahan and uh, Reed have both had really shitty uh, Super Bowl appearances. If if you want to blame the twenty four point lead that was blown on Kyle Shanahan as an OC, can you really do that though? I don't know if you can because I mean, let's face it, their defense didn't hold up either. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, and you had Matt Ryan. And I mean, everybody was just the offense was kind of tired at that point, and their defense. It's hard for me to ever, you know, the coaching is going to get you to a certain point. Yeah, right? coaching is going to get you advantage in the beginning of the game, game planning, and then you're going to fall into a rhythm and you're calling plays. They're going to work. They're not going to work. Your players got to execute no matter what. And if it, your players are executing, then it's, you know, it falls down on the players. Yeah. You can, I'm never going to say, you know, oh, damn, that offensive coordinator lost us that game. Yeah. It's going to be very tough for me to do that unless they're so blatantly just awful. Right. As far as the calling, um, and not setting up your team and going to the strengths and, you know, of the team. Yeah. But if you're up there and you got a 24 point lead, you did something right. Yeah. And if your defense can't maintain that lead for you, then there's a problem there too. Yeah. So. And then, yeah. then Reed, you know, D Ford, who's on the Niners now lined up offsides and blew it for him. So, and the chiefs defenders aren't happy about it, but the chiefs defense seem to think that they're the best defense in the NFL. And that's <laughs> simply not true. So, yeah. Um, actually, what's very interesting is if you look at 
the numbers for the Niners this entire season and the Chiefs, based solely on statistics, their defense is actually better than ours, but our offense is better than theirs. When in all reality, if you don't look at stats, I don't think anybody would argue that their defense is better than ours, but their offense has a little bit more firepower than ours right now. Yeah. Although, but but then then the rushing yards are flip flopped. Like I know they yeah, got Tariq yeah. Hill, but like we have way more rushing yards, but they have way more passing yards. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it yeah. evens out. But the Niners have one of the top run defenses. You guys, you guys lost uh, <clears throat> the running back. Kevin I like I, I like Coleman. Coleman, he might be back. He's practicing, albeit no contact sideline drills. But what did he end up hurting? I thought he he dislocated his shoulder. Okay. I thought yeah. he broke his arm. I thought he went full Mosert from last season. Remember that, Brian? Yeah. We watched that game live. Yeah. And Mosert oh. snapped his arm. Yeah. Um, That's a cool story, yeah. too. Plus, that Mosert's is- from Miami. He's headed back to Miami. He's so. sponsored by Billabong, right? Well, he got He's a pro. He was, he was offered a pro surfing and pro skateboarding contract before he went to college. And he turned it down because he wanted to play football. Then he made it to the NFL. Went through practice squads, went through six different um, teams before he hit the Niners, and everybody always told him, you're not going to make it, you're not going to make it. He's a stud. Boom. Well, he got cut by six teams before he even carried the ball one time. Yeah, because they told him that that you're just going to be a um, special teams asset. That's it. Yeah. So So joke's on you, you big dummies. Phone died. It is going to be an exciting Super Bowl. I'm very excited. I have a charger in the car. I just tried to get it. I got. Um, I will say, though, that I kind of hope Patrick Mahomes dislocates his kneecap again. (laughs) I hope he has explosive diarrhea. Explosive (laughs) diarrhea. Go go ahead, Andy Reid. Call another quarterback sneak. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. Has he run one since? He can run one against the Broncos anytime he wants. I don't think he. I don't think he's ran a quarterback. He can dislocate his, his knee again anytime against my team. Yeah. Um, is that the B? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Micro USB. <coughs> okay. Well, boys, you ready to get into tonight's? I am. A little bit I am ready. We had there. Mm-hmm. Ow. Careful. Careful, guys. Careful. Some technical difficulties going on over here. Brian, what, what's what's the topic? You need to introduce it. Uh, I sure can while you guys are getting that set up. So tonight's topic is a bit of a bit of something that we don't do uh, typically. This isn't necessarily a conspiracy document. Uh, I guess you could call it a documentary that we're going to do, but there is conspiratorial aspects to it. If you think about how the history behind it has kind of been oppressed, we'll call it we'll call it missing history. Yeah, missing history with <clears throat> definitely nice. a motive behind it, and we'll kind of get into that a little bit. But tonight's topic is called the Battle for Blair Mountain uh, and the origin of the Rednecks. So uh, a lot of people think, and I I thought this too, which until we did this episode, that redneck was kind of like a derogatory term for like like hillbilly. Yeah, hillbilly, podunk, white. Yeah. Trash people, basically. Yeah, white trash, basically, yeah. Um, But interestingly enough, the term redneck actually came from the 1600s from Scotland. Scotland and Ireland, both. Um, But they they got sunburned real bad. 
They got sunburned and then they pasty, pasty. And like then at the time, they didn't have they didn't have sunscreen. So what they had to do was they had to masturbate into their hand. Oh, with, okay. Yeah, it was, it was well in Northern deep. Ireland they smear poop on each other. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Southern Ireland and Scotland they had to ejaculate into their hand and they rub that on the back of their neck to protect their neck. When they said, "Well, what if I just put a handkerchief back there?" <laughs> And they were like, well, what? That's they gay. Put, they put the handkerchief and then they, that motherfucker got stuck. <laughs> and they couldn't get it off. Uh, you had to get it off by having your first cousin pee on the back of your neck. <laughs> that and when you get stung by a jellyfish. That's the only time you should pee mm-hmm. on somebody. Absolutely. Uh, no, that, none of that was true. But, um, <laughs> Missing it history. Actually, it actually did come from the, the 1600s. Um, Protestant rebels at the time signed manifestos in their own blood, and then they Jeez. wore red bandanas or red cloth. They didn't really have bandanas, um, signifying their rebellion. So to wear a red bandana basically meant you, you, you're part of a rebellion, you're part of an, part of an uprising. So the term, that's where they got the term redneck from. Um, so I thought that this this story was fitting, especially with everything that's already going on in Virginia, because this takes place in Virginia. But I wish that they would bring back the red. You know, I, I understand why not, because now it's kind of gang related. And of course, the media would twist it that way for sure. But can you yeah. imagine like yeah. all the pro Second Amendment marchers that were out there just wearing red bandanas yeah. around their neck? Yeah. Like, yeah, representing the uprising, especially in Virginia, and then like a bunch of dudes from South Central show up. What's up? Like what up? Seize up these dead. No, you got that backwards. You got that backwards. Seize up these dead. Everyone's there. They're crip walking with the like constitution in their hand. <laughs> like, what are you doing? It's a wrong, wrong march, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> So anyways, we'll get into that a little bit later about kind of the history behind that. But, um, yeah, the Battle of Blair Mountain, where roughly 10,000 miners or so uh, kind of took up arms against an oppressive mining company uh, in the coal mines of West Virginia. So when doing research for this, I kind of have a like already a preconceived notion for myself about union and union and non-union. So I was in the union for almost two years and consequently they kind of ended up taking my job away like two months before Nicole and I got married. And then I was like, man, fuck this dude. I'm out. And then I've been non-union ever since. And that's not to say that there's very good unions. Chris, you spoke to the other night that, you know, your union that you work for is very good. And does a good job representing the people. Yes. So we're not up here, you know, smashing on unions or non-unions. Um, I think we all have our own experiences with it. But during the time when this took place in the 1920s, I think unions were a necessity back then. Because this is at the height of, you know, the, the Industrial Revolution was like at its peak at this point. And then you had these companies that were trying to manufacture new and innovative things. But while they were filling their pockets with cash, it was at the expense of workers that 
specifically how this rebellion started was they weren't paying their workers in money. Yeah. They weren't actually getting coin or cash that we know it today. They were, they were getting paid in scrip. It was what yeah. it was called was scrip. Um, so the, here's the shittiest part about the whole thing is like these, these giant mining companies, they come into an area and then they start what's called a, a company town. And a company town is where the coal mine company basically owns everything. So if you're an employee of the company, <clears throat> they make you sign what was called a yellow dog contract, which was basically you telling them, I'm not going to uprise. I won't uh, commit to a union um, and I'll work for the company, whatever, whatever. Right. So you lived in a company home. You shopped at a company store. All of your tools that you needed were leased through the company. And the way you paid for all this stuff was with company currency called script. So you're basically working for free and they didn't give you uh, a, a wage. So you couldn't leave to go somewhere else to buy something. You had to stay there and you had to you're, work. You're tied into it. Exactly. They, they had you yeah, uh, anchored right. down in the, you in were, the city with you your living, your food, your tools, everything. Exactly. You couldn't go out on your own and take your tools yeah. and say, hey, I'm so going to go for these guys. You got to go lease your canary. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> lease your miner's light and then um, – <laughs> <laughs> interesting i don't i can't remember the name of the movie but do you guys remember that movie <clears throat> came out a few years ago very similar concept to where when you worked you got credits and it was like on a little wristband and when you wanted to buy food it took credits away was that and time was that in time was with time. Justin Timberlake? That's what, in, in time, time. Yes. yeah 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 and, and you, you run out and that, you die. You run out yeah. and you die you, it's like life mm -hmm. and you like, yeah and then they would play that game where you like Whoever was strongest, you know, because you could give someone time yeah. and you, you hold your wrist together and whoever was the strongest, you turn your wrist and it would take your time away. Yeah. Good exactly. movie. Really good movie. I like that whole concept of that movie. It is movie. really good. If you, if you haven't, if listeners, if you haven't seen that movie, go, go watch that movie. It's very unique. There's not, yeah. there's not another movie like it's it. It's definitely Here. original. Yeah. In the worlds of remakes, that was actually really good. Yeah. There's not, it's not a remake. It's just original idea. Which is yes. Nice. So it's very similar to that movie in, in, in the same idea that, like you said, boy, like they, the company owned everything. And to my knowledge, when I was doing this research, the only way in and out of these towns were by railroad. So it's not like – For the most part, yeah, because you got to think this is the 1920s. And if you're working for a coal mine company as a miner, chances are you can't afford a vehicle anyways. So, yeah, exactly. exactly. Well, you, you didn't have money, right? Exactly. And you're not going to – you can't purchase – can Can't I buy go your horse with <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. and the, and the and the good chance is too is that while you're making your way to one of these mining count uh, mining counties, you if you did have a horse, you probably sold it to get there. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. So because and and I could imagine at the time <clears throat> that a lot of these companies would were putting out I don't want to say propaganda. I don't know if that's the right word, but ads for. Steady pay, hard work, feed your family. We have schools. We have a hospital. We have a, you know. Sign a contract and you get a house. That is, yeah, propaganda. That is propaganda. Yeah, it's definitely propaganda for sure. Because they're spinning it one way. They're not, you know, it's not people going out there yeah. finding both sides of the now, stick. And, and But you also have to think of it like this. A company that's telling you, we'll give you a house if you come and work for us. And then we we'll, we have everything you need. We're talking a mining company back in 1920. I mean, even if that was the case today, you got to think that the standards of the shit they're going to give you in place of your labor is going to be garbage, right? Right. No, because I they're not 
it's they're gonna they're it's not like they're gonna not spare any expense and give you the top of the line everything like no you're getting four walls and a roof that's mm-hmm. what they're considering a house you know what i mean the tools that they're leasing out are not very good and the fact that there is no union or no governing labor board to keep track of the uh, safety practices of mining companies at the time that means that the safety for these employees was at the worst non-existent 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 was there. yeah <clears throat> and yeah, I, and basically the treatment from from the employer to the employee was terrible yeah there's <laughs> there's no osha yeah there's no tie off rule yeah and I would imagine that the obviously the the working conditions were terrible, but yeah. if you had something like a disastrous cave in, they're like, "Well, fucking dig that dead guy out, throw him outside, and get back to yeah. work." Let's keep going, and then you know his family would probably get evicted <laughs> from the house they were living in because yeah. not working anymore. Exactly, and then you got to think too that when they're telling you they're telling you all this shit, so you got to lease your tools, right? If you break a tool, I'm sure they're like, "Well, there goes your week's pay." Yeah, like, dude, you're, what do you mean pay? First of all, you're not paying me. Yeah, you're basically giving me a coupon to use at your store. You, you know, know um, I mean? back before I became an electrician, I was working for this company. I'm not going to name the company so we don't get sued. Um, but they gave me all the money we have. Yeah, they uh, they gave me a truck, and the truck was to use to go to all these stores because I was basically like a salesman kind of merchandiser. Well, I went to uh, my supervisor after a very short time at that company, and I said, like, this is not what you guys said it was going to be. I, you know, you gave me the idea that my pay was going to be this, and it's not even close to that. And one of the things he said to me was, well, we gave you a truck, and it's paid for. Okay, I can't pay for a truck. Right. You know, I, I can't tell my landlord, oh, hey, by the way, I have a free truck. Yeah, they're like, okay, then give it to me. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so can I sell the truck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, but interestingly enough, when I was watching a documentary about this, one of the guys was talking about that in these camps, these, these company towns, as it were, there was essentially no bill of rights. You did not have the right to assemble. You did not have the right of free speech. You, um, definitely could not, there's, uh, We'll talk about it a little bit, but people were being arrested for something called bundling. And bundling is basically if two or three or more people were gathered, you were arrested for bundling. Because in the company's mind, you're, you're why, colluding. Yeah, why are these three people standing around talking to each other? Because in the three counties, the three major counties that this kind of uh, uprising took place, they're the largest coal producing counties, but they're also the only three that weren't unionized at the time. Everywhere else had already unionized. Yeah. And they, and they made sure that the union stayed out by, uh, you know, with violence and force and intimidation. So anytime a, a union wanted to move into the, to the area, Hey, step some. Hey. And, and when they wanted to move into the area, they, uh, basically forced them out kick their ass uh, because the, the companies had private detectives. Mm-hmm. So once you, once you signed that contract and the contract said that, you know, you wouldn't collude, you wouldn't unionize. So that's why they feared every time there was a small group of people together, which is kind of like loitering today. Right. Yeah. Not as I guess frowned upon as working in a company town, but 
they they would send the if they thought so if they if there was three or four guys standing around man this is bullshit yeah exactly and and say we all worked for the same company we're like man this is some bullshit and they're like oh what the fuck's going on over here then they would send those detectives out and basically they would either arrest you beat the shit out of you or kill you mm-hmm. and then they would evict your family and now your whole family's homeless yeah what was kind of crazy too was um, learning about this was that they would hire like the detectives, but then they would send them undercover. Yeah. So in the company towns, the bartender actually works for the company, right? Mm-hmm. So you get a guy that comes in there after like an 18 hour shift and he spends a, 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 a shekel script yeah. on, on a whiskey. And he's like, man, this, this fucking company's trying to bury me. And I don't know. Oh yeah, really? That's horrible. Tell me all about it. What's your first and last name again? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How many kids do we have? Um, <laughs> You said Mulberry Street, right? Mulberry. <laughs> um, he go. They go back to the company and tell them that basically you have a disgruntled employee who's upset with this. I think he could be a problem, and they go beat the shit out of him. They'll kill him, like you said, a victim. Man. The detectives would have had me already. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been evicted from my yeah. company house already if they well, only knew what I said in my, in my car, right. my cops plus car. <laughs> Yeah, right? 30-minute lunch? I got a better idea. How about you go fuck yourself? And I'm already in handcuffs. But if Blair, if the Battle of Blair Mountain didn't happen, then I couldn't tell my manager that he's a fucking moron to his face. So yeah. shout out uh, to the rednecks. So check this out. Uh, I was learning about – when I learned about this, there was a documentary that I had watched where the guy who's giving um, an interview – he actually was a professor at West Virginia University. And he brings up an interesting point when he talks about, okay, so why isn't this history talked about? Why wasn't it in textbooks? So at the time, uh, the governor of West Virginia, his name was Efren Morgan, he collabor- collaborated with the coal companies and they formed two organizations. They had the West Virginia Education Association and the American Constitution Institute, American Constitution Institution. Their job was basically to keep all of this information out of schools and textbooks and the media to promote what they call the hundred percent Americanism. It <laughs> so, sounds like they they they're denying one hundred percent of Americanism. Yes, maybe they like, missed that boat. Everything that happened at the Battle of Blair Mountain is exactly, exactly. why we have the Constitution in place. Mm-hmm. Correct, mm-hmm. and and that's why it's appropriate that we're doing this episode when Virginia is trying to strip arms away from their citizens, because this is the type of uprising that needs to take place again. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. So the, these two organizations, their whole goal was. There was no negative publicity about the coal companies. Their idea was to promote this this thought in young children and in, in, in the media that the coal company's like main focus is for the focus to grow America. And it's for the family, it's for the people. Yeah. You have a good job and we need coal. But this this is from a governor who knows the way these coal companies operate, right? So you can't, you can't, there's no way you're going to achieve the, you know, quote, American dream if you're being paid with basically company coupons, right? 
You're never going to be able to own your own property. You're never going to be able to purchase a vehicle. You're never going to be able to, to, to purchase land. You're working There's, underneath someone's thumb exactly. and they got the uh, hold over you no matter what. Yeah. And you're not going to, you're never going to reach, you know, a, a higher position. There's no promotion for these guys. You know what yeah. I mean? One, one of these coal miners isn't going to one day become like a shift manager and, yeah. and then maybe, you know, the COO or something like, so the, the thought, but it just goes to show you that this is how politicians have been for a long yeah. time. Oh, it, it's not like this was an overnight thing. Yeah. Um, and interestingly enough, this was kept out of textbooks for five decades. It didn't even kind of hit into any textbooks until roughly the 1970s. And there was a, another big uprising a little bit later I'll talk about that's still kind of going on today because the coal companies are wanting to basically blow the tops off of all of those mountains to go in there and mine the coal. Well, the problem is, is that the Coal Miners Association says that that's a historical battleground. You can't do that. And the, the, their thought process is that the coal mine, the coal mining companies want to do that to bury the history. Absolutely. Of what workers did for what the conditions were then and what they are today. They absolutely want to get rid of that. Yeah. <clears throat> Just a quick show of hands. How many of you heard about the Battle of Blair Mountain throughout your entire school career? First time I heard about the Battle of Blair Mountain was probably three months ago. Yeah, yeah. never heard. And, of I, and I and I happened to stumble across a podcast where they mentioned <clears throat> it, and I go, "What the fuck is that?" <clears throat> I started looking cool? up, and I was like, "Oh my god! I had no idea this should happen." And it wasn't like this was back in like the 1700s. Yeah, you know what I mean. And, uh, I mean, as, as far as, you know, perspective goes, this is very recent, especially considering how young America is. This was super recent in the 1920s. You know what I mean? And if that didn't take place, then we wouldn't have the labor laws we have in place today. And you'd oh, probably sure. be like fucking China right now, basically. Yeah. <clears throat> What's interesting, and it's, I can't say I 100% disagree with this next little piece of information. But I, from like looking at it from now, what I know about what happened there, I get why some people are upset about it was that to this day and leading from the, the rebellion up to now, the coal companies in that area still run like PR campaigns where they go to local high schools and they basically tell kids, don't go to college, come work in the coal mine. That's a good job. That's a good future. Um, you don't need higher education. They have like organizations like Mothers for Coal and Coal Miners, like Coal Miners Daughter, <laughs> Coal Miners Daughter, um, Coal Miners Cousin Sister. That's a different kind of the, yeah, the Black Lung Association. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the BLA. Yeah. Um, so, but it's, it's now, now coming from being you, me, and boy, you know, we're, we're, we're in trades. Hmm. Didn't go to college, um, but that's not to say that I do. I would like to go back to college for to get a bachelor's yeah, in my just, field. Exactly, but I'm also not willing to put myself a quarter million dollars in debt to do so. Exactly. So <laughs> from this perspective of telling kids that you shouldn't go to college um, to join a trade is, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing because I took that route and I'm fucking. It's not. It, you're right. It's not a bad thing, but. It's a bad thing when they're telling you 
this is the trade you need to be in. Just come straight to us. We'll hire you on. And then you're going to be making, you know, entry level wage, which in some trades is not bad for you to get into that trade in that way. I came in entry level. You went into your trade entry level and then you grow. That's, but that's the beauty of a trade. Now I'm not sure if you can consider coal mining a trade. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, I mean, I guess when you nowadays you have like heavy equipment operators. Which, yeah. Okay, that makes sense, you know, because you could do that in a lot of different trades. But right. back then, you know, or, but even now, they're telling you, but you can go to a trade school, right? If you if you're thinking maybe I should get into a trade, but maybe I don't want to do mining, go to a trade school. Then you can decide whether or not you want to do welding, underwater welding. You want to be a fabricator. You want to do automotive, electrical, whatever. Instead, they're telling you, come do mining. Fuck everything else. You don't need to go to school. You know what I mean? So it is bad in that sense. I think it's... I I guess looking at it from the history of the coal coal mining companies, I don't think they're doing it actually to benefit children and their futures. They're just trying to build the ranks. Exactly. Build the ranks and keep filling their pockets. Yeah. Um. Now, we had talked a little bit about um, the security force that they, the mining companies would hire. Yeah. So two in particular, they had the mine guard, they had the mine guard system, and then they had the Baldwin Field Detective Agency. Yeah. Um, that was like stationed. their, that was their like muscle division right yeah. there. Mm-hmm. The knuckleheaders. Yeah. The they, goons that would. The goon squad. Yeah. So they hired mercenaries, bounty hunters, and ex-cons. Yeah. So these guys wouldn't mind punching some person in the face or breaking a jaw if, you know, one, you're not going to get arrested for it. Yeah. And I'm actually getting paid. I guarantee you these guys got paid money. You know what I mean? So I highly doubt they were getting script paid to them to go yeah. break a jaw to, to buy a, a pick at the company store. Um but it was interesting was that I guess a lot of the homes that were built in the company town were built elevated. They said that it was because of flooding in the area. So when the flood comes through, your house won't be damaged. When in reality, records show, I guess the um, some investigations were done and they have records from the Baldwin Field Detective Agency. And they never they never gave names. It was operative one, operative three, operative sixteen. Sounds like Steph's making a drink in there for herself. Sounds like it. <laughs> I hear the shaker going. <laughs> Maybe she's making a drink for us. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe she's making our refills. <laughs> um, but uh, they would use these tunnels to literally crawl under people's fucking houses <clears throat> and eavesdrop on what they were saying. That's and creepy. If there was union talk or talk about not being happy with the company they would go back and report a goon squad would show up and whoop that person or that family's ass say if you don't fucking like it here you can either leave your whole family or you can go six feet underground it's up to you and i was like damn dude i'm glad i live on the third floor you know what i mean Bless you. Bless you. But maybe the person that lives on the second floor is a spy for your company. Uh, you ever think about that? So I met the. They recently moved, and I actually met the two guys that live below us. Oh. Um, so when we had the Conor McGregor fight, tough funny story. 
I'm drunk. So I no go and knock way. on our neighbor. Yeah, shocker, right? I go knock on our neighbor door because we're being kind of loud. And I was like, hey, you know, we're having the fight. If you want to come over, sorry for being loud. There's food and drinks. And she, that she doesn't answer the door. So then I go down below. She saw some fucking drunk, hammered Irish guy with a with an Irish flag around him and a Conor McGregor shirt on, and was like, "Turn off the lights, no one's home." So I go, I go down below, and I knock on the door, and this super gay guy in a robe comes to the door. I haven't seen a robe since '92. Do you smell like lavender? <laughs> it might have my nasal passages were clogged. <laughs> um and I was like, Hey, uh sorry, I live above you guys. Um we're having the Conor McGregor fight and he goes, The what? <laughs> and I was like, Oh, UFC and he's like, Oh, okay. And I was like, uh you guys are more than welcome to come up and you know hang out if you want. And he goes, No. <laughs> Okay. Cool. I was like, "Hey, nice to meet you, man. My name is Brian." He's like, "Oh, hi, nice to meet you. I'm Jeremiah. This is um, this is Brian." And I was like, "Oh, okay. Fuck yeah!" But it was so there's gay Brian and there's straight Brian. But you know, it was like a B H R A I H I A N. Yeah. How do you spell that? B H H R A I. Okay. I mean, I could see where they come from because he probably. I mean, they probably don't athlete at all. You know what I mean? So. He's probably like UFC now. That's I'm There's watching. There's probably some athletes that. Oh no, I'm sure there are. But the two guys he was speaking to, uh-uh. you know for a fact they're watching Project Runway, <laughs> and you ask him to come watch a UFC fight. No, sorry, dude. They're not wearing any 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 shirts, and they're sweaty. Oh shit! Let me <laughs> let me get this robe off. These guys are really in shape. Too. <laughs> yeah. Now. I kind of, when he kind of opened the door, I could kind of see inside of his, and it was really well decorated, man. Of course it was. They're very clean people. <laughs> back on top, back, back on, top on topic. So on. when you, when you're ready, I want to hit this timeline. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <clears throat> no, yeah, let's do the timeline. Okay. All right. So starts 1920, right? So 1920, the, the UMW, the UMW, which was the, uh, United Mine Workers Union, they finally began to organize in Mingo. Mingo was one of the three counties. Jesus Christ, kids were nuts out there. Mingo was one of the three counties um, in West Virginia where the major mining companies were. Mm-hmm. So they finally started to organize. And um, the mining companies, they start to hear about that, right? May 19th, um, an event known as the... I'm not sure how to. I think it's Maitwan. Maitwan. Oh, it's Maitwan massacre. Maitwan massacre. The the Maitwan massacre takes place. So here's how the Maitwan massacre went down. Just a quick little rundown. The Maytown mayor Campbell Tresterman and uh, pro union sheriff Sid Hatfield. Sid Hatfield is a fucking gangster. Related. I don't. I don't know if you saw. I don't know if you saw a picture of Sid Hatfield, but. Pretty good looking gentleman, but you could tell like he's, I'm not taking no shit from anybody. This is how it's going to go. So the sheriff was pro union and, and he didn't like the shit that was going on between the companies and the employees. So when they started to organize, he 
along with his deputies, were like, shit, we got your back. And the mayor was also pro-union. So it was kind of strange that these companies were doing this, especially in places where the government, the local government, was pro-union. I can't see that. Oh, homie was he, – he strapped up all dapper Dan looking. Yeah. Like that. oh, so that's probably the one with him like kind of up against the wall. Yeah. Nasty. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we'll – I'm thug nasty for the rest of the episode. <laughs> so the mayor and the sheriff, they – they they get wind that there's a group of anti-union supporters, basically the detectives, headed to the county to deal with the employees. Via so, right? yeah. yeah, yeah. So the so the <coughs> mayor and the and the sheriff they're like, "Fuck that! We're gonna we're gonna stop them." So they go to intercept them, and the detectives from the Baldwin Feltz agency they show up and. They basically start discussing what's going to go on between the two. And the anti-union agency is telling them, this is what's going to happen. We're going to go in here. These employees are fucking done. Um, We're going to, we're going to kick them out. We're going to evict them. The sheriff said, this is not how it's going to go. So they said, all right then. And started fucking exchanging gunfire. Damn, like that. Yeah. So the mayor gets shot and killed. And I think seven agents get shot and killed. And then uh, one minor, one or two minors get shot and killed. And so it was from that point on where it just started escalating. And this all happens within like a little over a week. Um, so, yeah, it was two coal miners. So the two coal miners, they, they die. They get dead. They get dead. D dead. So after that happens, the UMW ends up gaining a ton of support. And, uh, because it kind of saw what happened, right? They drove the, the anti union agency drove it to violence. And this is what happened. They killed a mayor. Um, so of course that's going to, that's going to bring a lot of citizens onto the side of the union and Mm -hmm. the, and the sheriff. So membership started to grow and the group organized and they went on strike in the summer of, uh, of 20 or 1920. I almost said 2020. Um, and then the, the companies, of course, you know, when, 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 uh, people go on strike at companies, they hire scabs, the scabs come in and they work, um, the jobs that are, that the people are striking for. Well, that doesn't sit well with the guys that are on strike, you know? So, but they know that those people, they have, they're trying to make a living. So they, they're not really, they're not really hard on those people, <clears throat> Even though they want those people to be standing with them and not against them. Right. Um, they hire the scabs and then the strike led to violence in the form of guerrilla warfare. Ooh. So basically what would happen is detectives or employees of the company, they would be laying in wait for some of the members of the, of the company that were on strike and then they would shoot them and kill them or they would attack them and beat the shit out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, because most of these guys that were on strike still lived in the company houses, but there is now so many of them that it was hard for them to evict everybody. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so the, uh, the point of no return came when the sheriff was assassinated on the steps of the courthouse. He was going into the courthouse in Logan County and, um, two of the agents, uh, ran up and shot him and killed him in, in, in the middle of the fucking day. So at that point, 
it was no holds barred. And that's when they decided we got to get shit done. Obviously, a striking isn't helping anything. They're just killing, you know, the employees. So <clears throat> the McDowell County, the McDowell County courthouse is where he died. Within, within days of the sheriff's death, they had about a thousand people show up and they were ready to fight. Um, so they organized and, um, these people came from all over the place. It wasn't just from these three counties, um, because the word spread pretty quick, especially because this union covered a pretty big area. Right. So, um, once, once the word got out that they killed the mayor, they killed the sheriff and they're killing employees, they're arresting employees. People are like, fuck that. You got to remember too, this is not long after the first world war. Um, so guys just weren't having that shit. And and a lot of the, if I'm not mistaken, a lot of the coal miners did fight in World War One. A lot of them did. A the majority of them. of them did, yeah. So <clears throat> even the, the UMW organizers, the heads of the organization, Frank Keeney and Fred Mooney, they showed up. And the group was set to march to Mingo County to free locked-up union workers and to confront the coal companies. Many of the marchers, like we had said, were vets of World War One. So when they showed up, they showed up with their Springfield rifles, they showed up with shotguns, and they showed up with a ton of ammunition. So they knew it was going to get violent, and and they came in force. So just imagine, like all of these, because I mean, World War One was rough. Like yeah. there's no drone strikes. You know what I mean? These guys are seasoned fighters. Exactly. So they were expecting a fight, and they knew how to fight. <clears throat> so John Williams, John Wilburn, sorry, John Wilburn, this dude, he, he was a, uh, he was a mine worker and, but he was also a Baptist reverend and he quoted himself saying, it's time to put the Bible down and pick up a rifle. Yep. And he was fucking ready to roll. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was super cool. So uh, you get me, yeah. get me an American erection right now. <laughs> <laughs> so the, uh, so the March, was going to lead straight through Logan County. And when the Logan County Sheriff's deputy, Sheriff Don Chaffin, when he heard about it, he decided to put together um, a group of about 3000. Uh, you can consider it a small army and it consisted of state policemen, deputies and militiamen, just kind of similar to what the, um, what the, the detective agency was hiring, just a bunch of fucking thugs. People wanted to crack skulls. Yeah. So the anti-union group decided to set up machine gun nests around the area and dig trenches around Blair Mountain. So August 24th, the pro-union miners set off and they were marching towards Mingo, <clears throat> which is another county. The UMW organizers decided we're going to have a um, we're going to have a sit down and see if we can <clears throat> avoid you know any conflict at all. So they sat down with the the U.S. Department of War. And the U.S. Department of War warned them any any type of uh, violence is going to be terrible for for you guys. Right. So basically, threaten them like if if you guys try anything, we're going to fucking snuff you out. So they said okay, and they decided to go back and try and call it off. And they got close, but what ended up happening was two um, two miners got into kind of a little dust up with Sheriff Don Chaffin. And they ended up killing the two miners. And then they said, okay, 
gloves are off. Like, there's no deal. So they started marching. And put on uh, fucking Metallica on a loudspeaker. <laughs> yeah. So all the arms. So four days after that, August 28th, they ended up having about 10,000 pro-union marchers there, all armed. Um, well, the, the the vast majority of them armed and, and ready to fight. And they just kind of hung out on the borders of Logan, waiting for it to go down. So what ended up happening was uh, Reverend <clears throat> Wilburn, he ended up going, um, taking like a small detachment through this wooded area and each side they had passwords right so if one group comes up on another group they go what's the password snickerdoodle yeah and they're like nope sorry it's not snickerdoodle that means you're a bad guy and then they yeah so that's what happened they're like what's your password and they're like no what's your password and they're like say it on the same time ready one two three go and then they didn't say the right password and skirmish broke out um, I think seven people total from, from both sides combined ended up dying and, uh, the pro union workers kind of retreated at that point. <clears throat> but that was, I think the first like small battle right. at Blair mountain. Cause this right. is all kind of at the, the base of Blair mountain. Um, so that's when they decided we need to be able to tell ourselves from, the anti-union guys and they strapped up the red bandanas around their neck. That's where the term red neck neck was developed from. So bang, bang, Niner gang. Yeah. So, so from this point on, we'll call them the redneck army because that's, that's what they called themselves. Yeah. So the, the pro union guys were, were the redneck army. So it got ramped up on August 31st when, uh, when that small little skirmish (laughs) took place. The very next day, because all this shit happens like super quick, right? Yeah. So from the point of the march, and the, but it like escalates to its peak, and then it, it tapers off literally within less than 48 hours. Yeah. So um, when they came across the, the Logan defenders and all that shit happened, that's when they decided, okay, we're, we're going to release all our 10,000 soldiers, and we're going to reclaim this mountain. And the mountains is over 2,000 feet tall at its peak, right? So it's not like this was like the battle of a hill. It was a literal mountain, yeah. right? So <laughs> the, the battle of the grassy knoll. Yeah, but the mountains stood right in their marching path to Logan. So they had no choice but to go through this mountain. Um, and you could tell it was because they, they, they didn't mind taking any of the smoke, right? So there was no, we're just going to go around. It was, fuck that, we're going through them. So after that happened, September 1st, the Rednecks used a looted company Gatling gun to assault a stronghold um, at Craddock Fork. This was a three-hour battle, and the only reason it ended was because the Logan Defender's machine gun jammed. So they were able to overtake the nest, and that was the first time they were able to break the defensive lines of the Logan defenders. Once they broke those defensive lines, though, they couldn't go any further because right up the way was another machine gun nest. So they had to kind of uh, retreat a little bit from there, but uh, they, they, they held it down at that point um, for, for a pretty good amount of time. And then (laughs) Sheriff Chatton, or is that his name? Chaffin, he chartered three biplanes and had them drop homemade explosives and tear gas from the planes onto the rednecks. Wow. Surprisingly, 
know that. Surprisingly, he there was no casualties. There, I mean, there's probably some injuries, but there was no casualties. No one died. And it, when I say homemade explosives, it was literally pipe bombs with like nuts and bolts and screws and nails around the outside. Damage. Exactly. So I mean, but you, you didn't have the Irish doing it. <laughs> well, you got to think too. Most of these most of these miners are all war vets, and they know you know what to do when there's an explosion and yeah. and something's you know planes are dropping bombs and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah, you know what I mean. So. They they were pretty well prepared for even an airstrike. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> uh. So with with uh with the no casualties and the wasted funds and and what have you from the biplane charter, um. Later on that day, federal troops showed up, and both sides were kind of relieved when they saw the military show up. Mostly because the Logan defenders thought, cool, they're on our side, right? And the rednecks thought, thank God, because we're fucking tired. Yeah. You know, because even though they had the numbers, the, the Logan defenders had the high ground and they had a ton, a ton of fucking machine gun nests. Yeah. Give, give it up, Anakin. Yeah. It's over. So they just couldn't, there was no way that they could, do anything really. I mean, and it's important to note too, the, the rednecks weren't, they were not going to fire on federal troops, not because exactly. they favored the federal government, but because they were in world war one and they viewed those guys as these are my war brothers. So yeah. I'm not yeah. going to do that. We're not going to do that. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm my, my guess. I mean, I couldn't really find, you know, there's not too many interviews with these guys. Uh, but, left, right? No, I doubt it. But I only saw like one. Yeah, but the <clears throat> my guess though is that those federal troops kind of had the same thought. You know what I mean? Like they're telling I, you got to imagine now nowadays. Like if they said if they told the National Guard, "All right, we passed an anti-gun law. Knock on all these doors." You know, I mean, we've already had the sheriff's deputy, multiple sheriffs in <coughs> excuse me in Virginia say that. Um, if that law passes, they're going to deputize their citizens in order to protect themselves because they refuse to enforce an infringing law. Yeah. <clears throat> so if the federal troops coming in, I would have to think that at least a good amount of them felt the same way. You know what I mean? Because they're not – yeah, they're, they're spinning – literally, I think it was over a million rounds of ammunition – yeah. Fighting, fighting these companies and, and, you know, twisted sheriff's deputies and, and sheriffs themselves, but they're, they weren't there to disrupt the government, right? <clears throat> they kind of just wanted what was owed to them. So a lot of them, I think about a thousand of them surrendered to the troops. And these troops were sent out on the order of the president at the time. Yeah. Um, Warren G. Harding was like, go get them. Go so, knock this shit off. Yeah. Get them so, to and and I think that's what it was. Basically, it was like, tell them to yeah. stop it. Yeah. Bullshit, right? So, you know, dickheads. Yeah, exactly. And so, most of the rednecks were like, all right, fun's over. So, they either went They didn't home. want to go against the federal government. Exactly. So, they either went home or surrendered. And a thousand of them surrendered. And 20 of them, along with the two uh, head organizers, uh, Keeney and uh, Mooney, were arrested and charged with treason. 
Treason and, and murder. Treason, treason and, and then 20 others were also charged with murder. Yeah. So That doesn't seem right, though. Well, they ended up being acquitted. They dropped the yeah. charges. and uh, But the legal battles ended up draining the coffers for the union. So the union basically kind of receded a little bit. There was there, there wasn't a whole lot of financial support, you know, at that point, but <clears throat> immediately the impact was that, or the view at least was that the union was a complete failure, right? Mm-hmm. They got, they got destroyed um, <clears throat> and, and it was a bad look for them, but, legislatively it was a win and and the union in that area it didn't come back to to grasp that whole area until like the mid 30s when the great depression started taking place yeah but plus there was new legislation uh in in the form of like labor li- labor rights laws and, and things like that yeah. yeah so it's a short term <clears throat> that the the long term good from exactly. the loss was way outweighed the uh the initial setback yeah so even far. though it looked bad you know <clears throat> from afar it was it was definitely a positive because people started understanding that well this is the reason these people are acting this way because they're not being treated properly they're not yeah. they're not making any money you know so they basically it was to force companies to pay a competitive wage for the work that was done Arguably, there's still some of that shit going on in the United States. And interesting enough, because I looked to see if there's any companies anywhere in the world that still use that type of system, with the exception of China, because a lot of those like labor disputes that are in China, they're kept secret. They have to sign what's called ghost contracts, which is similar to the yellow dog contract, but worse, because they'll kill your family and, oh. yeah, make you disappear and shit. Make you drink it for a moment. <clears throat> Yeah. So, but there was a a subsidiary of Walmart in Mexico and basically they're paying their employees by giving them Walmart, like essentially Walmart gift certificates. And they're telling them like, here, here's your pay, but you can only use it at a Walmart, you know? So it was the same thing. And this was last year, May of last year. Uh, the Supreme court in Mexico said, you guys got to knock this shit off. Like this isn't legal at all. Yeah. And so they actually started paying them money. And then uh, Amazon does something similar, but it's it's not what they pay their employees. It's 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 basically a bonus. So I don't want to knock on Amazon and say that it's terrible that they do this, but they basically give their employees a bonus. But it's only Amazon or Am- Amazon sponsored products that they can use it on. Oh, <clears throat> so worthless. Essentially, unless you're into like buying a, a brand new Fire Stick every couple months, I guess. Well, it's it's like low key Google, you know, yeah. like like hey, well, what if we gave you a laundry facility and a workout facility, and you had cots and a lunchroom, and you just never left? Yeah. Why would you exactly? Want to you could just yeah, take- all your food is free. Um, you can take a nap in the nap pod. You, if you need to go somewhere far, you can just take one of these free bicycles. Um, but we're going to pay you, uh, like six figures. How's that sound? Oh, that sounds great. Okay, cool. All you have to do is move to the most expensive, uh, portion of America where you can't rent an apartment for less than $5,000 a month. So when do you want to start? <laughs> you know, so it's like, cool. I'm making 120 K starting off, but I have to pay $90,000 a year just to rent my house. 
Like that's not yeah, gonna be they're like they're like, Yeah, we need you to be here Monday at eight AM. He's like, Well I don't I didn't sign a contract yet. Oh no, when you signed in that was the actually disclosure that you signed. Yeah. When we sent you for your physical, we injected you with a microchip, so So and if you so don't it's time. you're gonna blow your butthole will blow up. <laughs> so um real quick I, I do wanna uh, point out a couple definitions and then talk a little bit about um the redneck and how that term has kind of been and I think there's a specific reason that it was misconstrued through history, similar to the term conspiracy theorist. Um, so when you said scab, it's it's important to denote that a scab is different than what people nowadays call rats. So being on the construction site, I see people who work for union companies that have stickers on their helmet with, with a rat and then like the cross symbol through it. So a rat is somebody that works for a company that's non-union. That's oh, so, I'm a, so I'm a rat. You're a rat. I'm a rat. Tight, tight, tight. A scab is somebody who is brought in to a union company when union is on strike. Okay. Those are two different things there. So if you are union at Electrician Plus and you go on strike and I'm an electrician at Electronics B – and they, your union comes over and says to me, hey, come work for us. That makes me a scab. No, it would be the company that would want you to come work. The company would pay you to do my job while I'm on strike. You're a Correct. scab. Yeah. I'm a scab. Yeah. Got you're, you. you're a, you're a, in our industry, you're a rat if you work non-union. Okay. <clears throat> well, there's no automotive union in Southern California, so. It's a right-to-work state, man. Well, no, no, no. There are there's automotive unions in the state. There's just really none south of, I don't know, Fresno. <laughs> <laughs> there's um, not a lot of unions, period, in San Diego. No, but that's the whole reason why automotive companies down here um, at least try and pay competitively is because they don't want to unionize because they know they'd be fucking screwed. Yeah. So, um, interestingly, too. With watching the interview um, with the guy that was the was or is still he still is a professor at um, West Virginia University, was that he was teaching a social studies class. He asked everybody, define to me uh, what you believe, like in your head, what is a racist person? Like what would what would that person look like to you? And they all said redneck. And yeah, pretty much. He's like that was the description of. Redneck, you know, beer belly, camo hat, lifted truck, you know, shotgun. You know, <laughs> so, um, but he said in the Midwest, the, that term redneck is actually like a complimentary term because it means that you were or you were or are part of a group that fought an uprising against an oppressive profit first type industry. Yeah. And he said, looking at the history that was suppressed, it's important to note that the the term at the time, redneck, they were actually the least racist group in that area because it wasn't the West Virginia coal miners weren't just all white guys. They were there. Were, there were blacks in there, too. that had fought in World War One and they even gave certain black men who were had officer rank in the military they like they became like squadron leaders during the rebellion 
Yeah. And that really scared companies because you're looking at, you know, two different ethnicities or at the time everywhere else they're at war with each other. Yeah. Now they're coming together to fight against us. Not good. Exactly. They had a common, they had a common, um, threat. You know yeah. what I mean? And that trumped everything else. Now, don't get me wrong. Some of the, I'm sure there was a minor or two in there. He's like, I'm not working with, a, with a Negro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure, but, sure. but for the most part, they were all from the same class. Yeah. So same re- class. Re- regardless, I mean, that's the shitty part is that they were all being treated terribly and it wasn't because of the color of their skin. It was because they thought as a class, they were less than. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And uh, he, he actually mentioned in the interview, he said a lot of coal miners kind of came to the realization that, like, we're all doing this work together. We're all getting put down by the same people. And when there's a cave-in, the cave-in doesn't give a shit what ethnicity we are. Yeah. So they came together to fight against the companies. And this bothered these kind of, like, robber baron type individuals. That's when that term started taking on more of a racist connotation. So what if we can teach everybody that actually those people are racist? Yeah. So the quote unquote minorities won't want to affiliate with rednecks because rednecks are actually racist. And I think that was another reason that that history was suppressed because it's very similar to what the CIA did with the term conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Like that was their whole mission was to tell everybody that if you're a conspiracy theorist, Oh, it means you're a, a batshit crazy cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs person. Yeah. So the same way that they were trying to demonize Redneck, they then started demonizing, you know, later on after Kennedy's assassination, conspiracy theorists. And there's there's something very interesting about this topic because there's so much suppressed history that, like you had said, shit, before you had mentioned this topic, I was like, I have no idea what that is. Yeah. Now, granted, we're from California. It's not uncommon to not know about other states' history. But as I mentioned earlier, it wasn't even until 1970 that this was even in West Virginia history books. Right. You, you would think that something as as a grand scale as uh, an uprising that involved it eventually gets the federal government to have to come in and send troops into yeah to you know squash it. That's a big deal. That's Amer- that's, that's American history. Though. That is American history and. And especially for what they're fighting for and the, the rights for people and the better work environments or anything else, it lays the way for the unions and what the unions are trying to do for people down the road. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and as Boya, you had mentioned and Chris earlier about the reason that we picked this topic is because of what's going on in Virginia right now. Um, I believe they had the rally last week. It went, it went great. Fantastic. You didn't hear about it, though. No, what you did hear about was the shooting in the bar in Kansas after the oh, uh-huh. that it took place about the same time as the march did. How many and people were at the march? Thousands. thousands. They, they, they were showing the pictures. It was ridiculous, and I would have to venture to say at least anywhere from eighty to ninety percent of them were armed. All and of them not one person was shot, injured, no discharge, nothing. So you tell me a couple, I don't know, let's just say a nice round number. So we'll just keep it like 10,000 people. Yeah, let's just say 10,000 10, people. 10,000 people. So, and, 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 and easily. No, with no arrests. No arrests. 
No one, no violence, no, violence, no looting, no looting. There was even there was even pictures of people that attended the rally. They were picking up stickers that had fallen that they were handing out. Like I support the Second Amendment had fallen on the the street that they were picking up because they didn't want to leave the streets dirty after the rally. Yeah, I saw a, a picture of the after the rally, and then like the people that are fighting for like the climate change and. and you know, yeah, and what a shithole they leave the. Everything. Oh yeah, the when they have a march, yeah, it's yeah. fucking awful. Dude, it looks like the beach after Labor Day, right? Exactly. <laughs> but the the craziest part was they're like, oh, here we go, Second Amendment march, going to be nothing but middle aged white men out there. Man, there was so many different people out there. There were people out there who were like, I'm trans and I'm fighting for my Second Amendment right. Yeah. There was groups of, of black folks out there who said – I saw um, a lot of black people. Yeah. And, 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 oh, dude, up and, and, and they were like, this is, this is everyone's right. You know what I mean? It was, it was so inclusive. And it was so beyond what the media will tell you any person who's the media Second wanted Amendment. To- painted as a bunch of white guys. It was going to be like a KKK rally, essentially, is what they thought it was going to be like. But it couldn't have been more peaceful. Uh, I think it was extremely successful. And I think they were expecting to have some smoke, and there was absolutely nothing. They they handled it great. And uh, the media... It goes goes to show you that um, guns in the hands of people that are responsible responsible gun owners and have got firearms legally are going to be, you're going to handle themselves appropriately. Yeah. And you cannot write laws and take guns away from the good people and punish them for doing things the right way. Cause people yeah. that are going to do the, the things the wrong way, they're going to get the guns regardless. They're going to, they're going to find a way. Check that out. This is my dog's man. Oh, yeah. There, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> but, uh, but no, it I, went I great. That- I think that rally actually scared the shit out of the state legislature. It did, but they're still going to try something. Um, of course they will. Of course. And they will. and I don't think it's going to succeed because they know that they're like that the people aren't going to have it. You know what I mean? So, uh, including the police officers that I had watched a few interviews when they were interviewing police officers at the rally, mm-hmm. and they're like. I'm not going to enforce this. If this no. actually takes place, I'm not going to do it. So, well, and there, I think there was maybe one police chief who said, "Well, if they pass the law, then we have to enforce the law." But pretty much every county sheriff um, in the state was like, "No, they do that. We have, as a sheriff, we have the right to deputize every citizen, and that's what we'll do." And then, and it then it'll still be unlawful for them to take their firearms because they're all deputies. So, <laughs> um, what was interesting too was you saw this because it happened so fucking much, dude. And I don't understand people that actually buy into it during the rally. Well, I think maybe I don't want to say if it wasn't Al Sharpton, but I thought it was Al Sharpton who posted that thing on Twitter with like. A young black man in Chicago were to be walking down the street with a gun, he'll get 15 to 20 years. But here you have a group of young white men carrying rifles and no one gets arrested. But I was like – There was – I want to say – I want to say it was uh, Colin Noir had responded to that tweet. And he said, (laughs) uh, just to let you know that during this march, there was – I forget the number, like 16 gun deaths in Chicago, which is a gun-free zone. Yeah. Um, so what is, what's the point of your argument? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. What's the point? Um, 
I will tell you that to kind of get in the mood for this episode, Nicole and I went to the shooting range this morning after church. Um, after church. Yeah, after church. <laughs> it's time to put down the Bible and take up a firearm, okay? Um, take up a rifle. Which just so happens to be also right down the street from our house. So that was pretty you, sweet. What did you shoot? Uh, we shot <clears throat> the uh, Springfield SDX. Uh, which the the compact nine, which is what I want to carry, uh, but I wanted to go shoot it first. Yeah. Um, Nicole didn't like that one because it actually has the uh, the handle safety on the backside. Mm-hmm. You know the pressure. She didn't like that because she wasn't holding the grip tight enough to release the safety. She's she hiding the tang. She got baby hands. Um, so the tank. We uh, we tried the uh, also the nine millimeter Glock, the compact version. I didn't like that one. She didn't like that one either. Was it what gen was it? Uh, gen two. Oh, okay. Both of um the Springfield was Gen one, and then the Glock was Gen two. Did you shoot any? Uh, try to shoot the the Sig the Sig three sixty five. So um, that was. I, I, I'm 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 thinking uh that's what I'm gonna get. So that was one that was suggested to us. Um, pew, pew. So they don't rent the gun. They rent by ammunition. Yeah. But so we had 50 rounds, and he's like, as long as you bring back and get another 9 mil or whatever, you shoot as many guns you want. So we did those two. Um, they suggested trying that one for her as well. Um, I'm pretty set on the Springfield. I really like that one. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, what what the, the, that's what the rednecks used. You know, I carry a Springfield. Yeah. Is that issue? Is that what your issue no, is? No, no, that's uh, just what I carry off duty. Okay. Just when, mm-hmm. I'm, when I'm packing around town, or I carry a SIG that I have. Yeah. That's a nice. I like that one. A lot. I love I love my SIGs. Hey, man, you guys, uh, you guys move out here. You can pack wherever you want to. Yep. I'll pack unless, what I want here. Unless, I'm, packing, <laughs> I'm packing right now. So. I'll pack I'm, what I want here. <laughs> unless it's posted, then you just don't let them see it. <laughs> that's the way you should roll in California anyways yeah unless you get pulled over uh, officer I have a lo- I have a weapon on me it's licensed grab it if you want keep your hands up you know I've made throw it out so, the window and floor I made I've made <laughs> tons of stops with people that have guns in the car and they you know most of the time it's it's not a big deal it's when they're hiding it is the issue exactly when they're and, hiding it or they got a and fucking, I see it and they I'm, got a I'm fourth like, why is it in between yeah why is it here in between two seat, yeah. seat, you know, why isn't it? If it's on someone's whole hip, or you know, you're like, hey, or in like a, in a console or something. Yeah, wait, yeah. I got it in my the old yield prison wallet. But yeah. from from uh, from a lot of the police officers, former law enforcement that I've spoken to, it, if you have your your if you lawfully own the weapon and you have it on you, and you. Tell them if you get stopped that you have it on you. Everything is fine. Yeah, and and you you know what? I may take it away and keep it away for a second while we're doing our, our business, um, and give it back, and 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 that's it. Just so I can be safe, you be safe. Because the last thing I want to do is go out and shoot someone that's and a that, law-abiding citizen exactly. that has the right to have a gun. And that gun owner should allow you to, to take those steps in order yeah. for everybody to go home. Yep, and that's that's what. It should be about. Absolutely. Um, so that's the, that's it for this episode. The Battle of Blair Mountain and the Ye Old Rednecks. Uh, we need to make some, some, sh- so some shirts. Redneck with- is not a derogatory term? <clears throat> no, absolutely not. We should retake it. We should make shirts with red collars on them. Yep. Dang. Take it back. Bang. This says bang, 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 bang. bang, bang. bang, bang. bang, bang. It says can we make, rise can we make up. an orange one for me? 
<laughs> so you look like a traffic cone. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, kids. So I do have some ideas for some new designs. As soon as we kind of get the ball rolling on these episodes, getting them all out there. Like I said to our listeners, this will be the fifth episode that you'll probably hear by the time these all come out. Pretty hopefully, much. Better. Hopefully, when the six comes out, Dirty Roro has his uh, little Miss Softball trophy. I can't wait till we see that trophy. I'm so excited. <laughs> I, I, I want him to bring it home. <laughs> I think it. I think when you leave with it, you have to shove the entire trophy in your vagina before you leave. He he can definitely take it. He is. Uh, I've heard some Amazing. things about. Him, you know, him. like Hermione's purse. Yeah, uh, similar. Endless, endless. <laughs> elbow deep, elbow shoulder deep, deep. shoulder deep, <laughs> Clav- clavicle deep. <laughs> Suck it, bro. <Roro. laughs> uh, yeah, you ever seen a man have another uh, dude's hand pop out of his mouth before? <laughs> a puppet. Um, so that's it for this episode. Um, Battle of Blair Mountain. The battle that wasn't necessarily won, but I would say that they won the war. I say they won, yeah. Uh, the long term, I said that, yeah. That's the way I feel about it. Is that they lost the, they may have lost that little battle, but in the war of it and what they were able to accomplish, they accomplished a lot. Yeah, because literally every single American's life, every single American citizen, because if you're undocumented and you're getting treated like shit, it's not our fault. But and but I mean, I'm not saying that people should treat you like shit, but yeah. you have no leg to stand on. Um, but the the fact that what they did, what they went through has resonated until today. And that's the reason like you can go to work, you get breaks, you get a lunch break, you get paid cash money, which is still fake, but you can buy things at different places with it. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> Cat- really? That's the way we're to fucking end the show? Fake money? But on the, uh, We were watching uh, – I mean, we watch the show often. We watch The Office all the time. But um, that episode where Nelly takes over yeah, and – she was like, uh, he was like, Dwight, it's just money. And he's like, money is not real. It hasn't been since we got off the gold standard. And then he looks at the camera. And I'm yeah. Like, hey, hey. <laughs> he's looking right at you. I just want to throw this out there. I've never seen one single episode of The Office. It's good. Not one. It's, really? it's a different kind of humor, but not one time. Not uh, one you, time. you should watch it with Roxanne. I think you guys would both enjoy it. No, you know what you need to catch on Netflix, dude? Black Summer. Oh, I see. Oh. Good, huh? The zombie movie? Yeah. Yeah, the zombie show. I saw that already. Good. It's good. So hopefully yeah. they're coming out with season two. Uh, they should be, but yeah. Netflix, Netflix takes like these streaming services take forever for second season. Yeah. So I want there's plenty of stuff I want them to come out. Altered with. Altered Carbon. Hell yeah! What the fuck? That that show was phenomenal. So Lost in Space came out after the first season of Altered Carbon, and they already got a second season. I, I like Lost in Space too. It's good, but what <clears> the fuck? Altered Carbon's really. But good. every time you go to the first season, Altered Carbon is, says coming soon. The problem is they have a couple big name people that are doing a lot True. of other stuff. True. So, like Bright, I love that movie. Bright. Bright. They need to get. Oh, that was great. It's coming yeah. though, but I don't want to wait. Yeah. I'm fucking. <clears throat> Uh, impatient first world. Watched, we watched um, earlier today um, the movie about Ted Bundy. Oh, that's really one, good. The one with that's Zach good. Efron. Uh, no, I've seen that one. He had an incredibly yucky, nasty, and tooey, or whatever it's the title nasty is. Nasty and tasty, or something like that. Yeah. Incredib- a, incredibly that shirtless. Individual man. Incredibly <laughs> shirtless, shirtless. Amazingly ripped. And ridiculously ripped. Fucking <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> guy. I remember when I was 20. <laughs> Tremendously oily all the time. Sorry, these chairs are terrible, dude. It's all good. My, I've been sitting in a well, patrol vehicle. 
I think those are the chairs that I left, right? Yeah. Sorry, guys. I see I'm why like, you left them. You're like, hey, here, boys. Well, I got nothing left to say except uh, suck it, Roro. Second, you're cool. You're cool. Row. I'm cool. Roro sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, so that's it for Battle Blair Mountain. Um, more episodes are on its way. And uh, stay tuned for all the episodes when they come out together. They will yeah, all we're going to just dump on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, all, right, yeah. Then. all right, that's it. Big we'll catch you next time. Boy. Chris, I'm out. Well, back at it again, boys. Let your mind peel away the mysteries of the world. That's right. I'm talking deep. Frazzle drip deep. This is Whiskey, Beer, and Conspiracies Podcast. Oh, by the way, my balls is hot. 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 My balls is hot.